0: One Shot Questers is a Dungeons Dragons-themed podcast for mature audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode's description. Hello Questers and welcome to Monsters in the Mist, a Dungeons Dragons-themed adventure that takes place in the world of City of Mist. My name is Duke Davis, and I am playing Trevor Anderson, an inspiring content creator who has been chosen to harness the powers of the Dungeons and Dragons player handbook. Uh, fun fact about Trevor he's trying to figure out a new name to trademark for his charity because it slipped his mind that there is already a charity out there called the Trevor Project. <laughs> oh, no. You said it, and I was like, oh. Yeah, all of you, Jacob told me, all of you, like, went like, does he not know? And it totally just went
1: <laughs> right over my head. Hello, uh, I'm Tori, and I am playing Alice Carroll. Uh, she is an up-and-coming dancer who has been chosen to harness the powers of Peter Pan.
2: I'm Reed, dabbler in all things nerdy, like a David Attenborough of Nerdum, or an off-brand Pat. You can find my Instagram at Reed Chronicles, and my YouTube is Reed's Sidequests. My character I'm playing is Liam Beck, a professional fake medium who has very recently and ironically lent the powers of the Norns, or the Norse
3: Fates, and is very unhappy about it. My name is Matthew Gonzalez, lover of laughter, performer and musician, Um, and I am playing Evan Drake, a 17-year-old kid in the foster system who has been uh, given the power of the ugly duckling.
4: And my name's Michael. I am the Dead Aussie Gamer, and I am the master of ceremonies here on this amazing podcast called Monsters in the Mist. I, I believe that I will just simply swoop everyone in and uh, get started with today's episode and our newest arc of this incredible story.
3: <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to City of Mist, a game in which ordinary people are granted extraordinary powers. We find ourselves in the center of a district known as Silver Rock County, in a small but unassuming diner called Heaven's Gate. As a booth with red seats and a small table that juts out from a window facing the street has four rather disheveled-looking individuals sitting awaiting their order. The first, of course, a content creator and streamer by the name of Trevor, who, surprisingly, despite having been very recently in a car crash, seems to do little more than smell like burnt motor oil. Sitting adjacent is, of course, a dancer who had recently come from an audition who had narrowly avoided said car crash, Um, but, uh, again, seems to still be dressed in mostly audition clothes and uh, whatever they're wearing in order to keep warm this time of night. We then also have an individual who has uh, been covered in not only dirt, grime, but also the blood of a very, very near and dear friend who has been taken to hospital to receive treatment after a car accident. We see, of course, Evan sitting here with... Kind of a a strange look on his face, tapping his foot nervously in the company he now keeps. And lastly, of course, dressed in rather flamboyant clothes, albeit, again, kind of scuffed up and a bit smelly from the uh, the sewer transport, uh, we see, of course, the person of mystical arts known as Liam. The sounds of the diner fill this entire area. There's about a half dozen people here getting orders. The wait staff are moving back and forth, and you can hear over everyone's conversations the clanging and clattering of the kitchen as a heavy set individual uh, prepares uh, breakfast, even at 6 p.m., alongside uh, the usual, um, you know, various uh, chicken fried steaks and uh, pancakes and other assorted meals that they serve to those who travel and traverse through Heaven's Gate. The four of you have never met each other before, but that car crash, something resonated with all of you. Something drew each and every one of you together. And after taking the lovely and, uh, and amazing foster mother to, uh, to Evan to hospital, our heroes have gathered to discuss
0: what the hell just happened. After... Having a near-death experience where he literally saw the light flash before his eyes, grasping his glass in front of him, feeling the moisture coming off of it, and he's just going to do the little tapping on the glass, making the little like noises with his mouth as he looks around because he doesn't know if anyone else is aware that they are now in this role of, we need to find the monsters in the monster manual and put them back. And he just doesn't know how to bring it up! That's all on his mind! So, um, Wild Night, am I, am I right? Uh, do you guys think the- this place sells shawarma?
4: Looking across, Evan, you cannot get your mind off Elena. The hospital is across the road from the diner. So, you know, this is kind of like a convenient spot for you. But your eyes every now and then seem to dart across. Your mind wanders between what Trevor said and, of course, whether or not the person who had raised you is
3: okay. The hairs on his arms are still just, like, standing up. He's just kind of in shock. Yet he finds himself surrounded by these people. He looks up and he says, I do think they have shawarma here.
0: Oh, thank goodness. What what do you guys like to eat? Uh, by by the way, um, uh, uh, Ev, uh, uh, Evan, was it you? You you doing okay? Who was the who who's the lady that we took to the the hospital? She seemed quite important to you. Um, if if you don't mind me asking, it's totally fine if you don't want to. I know I, I know we're just strangers, but like, yeah, my no. thing is I, I'm really comfortable no, just talking you're good. to strangers. You're
3: good. Uh, that was a uh, Elena. She's my foster mom, so she's kind of been taking care of me for quite some time now so
4: taking a look at evan's appearance when he says foster mom evan looks maybe in his mid-20s to early 30s um very very much um not 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 kind of in line with the woman that you trevor had seen uh be rescued from that car crash
0: so what what are you like is there, is there a new policy with the, the foster
3: what, no, um, system where I mean, you can be
0: like 20, 30
3: now? I, I mean, I look mature for my age, definitely. Uh,
0: like, yeah, like, I understand you look mature, but you're looking like 20, 30, okay. Um, so
3: I'm at actually 16. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <psych. laughs> 17. I'm 17. I'm actually <laughs>
4: 17. When we go to Gen Con, I am tattooing 17 on your fucking head. Make it a tram stamp instead. That would be more right time.
3: I'm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm 71. Hearing that um, this person is only 17, Alice, something about you suddenly um, perks up at that. Not, you know, kind of like uh, of interest, but this is curious. Somebody else with abilities. I mean, abilities, that they're, they're not real. Like, uh, you know, like, y- y- you hardly believe that a few, like, hours ago you were flying in the air, in the sky. Now you see this guy who walks away from a car crash unscathed. A man who says he's a 17-year-old boy. I mean...
1: Alice got her hands wrapped around a milkshake. And is kind of just, like, playing with the condensation on the outside of the glass, listening to this. I feel like we should probably talk about, you know, the whole, um, I don't know, power situation thing that's happening. Like, I I appreciate that your, your mom, your foster mom, you know, we have powers, right? Or am I crazy?
4: Liam, you immediately recall that desire you had when you were on the street that reaching out for someone to help. And Trevor, you remember that thin golden rope that pulled you from the rooftop directly into a
0: car. Right, Trevor is going to have a little bit of uh realization that that event did happen after the car crash. And he goes, before I came to you guys, I was on top of a rooftop with whatever was giving me these powers. And... In front of me, there was this golden string and it brought me to you guys like it was like it was fate that brought us together.
2: During all of this conversation that was happening, Liam has been mostly listening, but he also has been trying to text the client that he had missed the appointment with at this point, trying furiously to, to set up a new one. And as he continued to do that, he's becoming more and more discouraged. When Trevor says what he says about fate, that gets Liam's full attention, and he looks up and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, fate. That, that was probably me." You, so you can create
0: um, strings out of thin air and just like teleport people. That's your that's your thing.
2: I don't know. I y- sure sure. Yeah, that's that, that's part of it. Look, we are in so over our heads here. We have no idea what's going on. I, I mean, it's it's exciting, yeah, but like. Do we understand the consequences? You all... I hope you realize you all almost just died. We we just almost killed people. That... That happened. That was a thing. Yeah, we prevented it, but what happens when we don't? Next time. Right?
4: I mean... I- as you say these words, all of a sudden, you see these massive hands uh, sort of grab around the back of the booth that uh, that you're in. Uh, as Trevor, right behind where you're standing, this large, looming, blue-skinned individual, a humanoid with rippling muscles and a D20 for a head, suddenly rises up and says... Yes, that is an interesting question. What does happen when powerful beings do absolutely nothing in the face of evil? That's where evil triumphs, but not on our watch. And as this happens as well, uh, you suddenly see behind Alice there is this uh, sort of a small glimmer of light that sort of spirals around from this mist before you see what looks to be a pirate-esque fairy with a huge puckish grin. Oh, come on. We don't need to, don't need to worry about that sort of stuff. I mean, we can just have fun. I mean, what, what's great power without the ability to just enjoy it a little? And you watch as he, uh, he d- wiggles his fingers around and you watch as one of the handkerchief containers, the silver ones on the table, start to slowly float off the table. When this happens, you suddenly see from above what looks to be a long steel needle Tap the top of the napkin dispenser and push it back down onto the table. This long needle-like finger belonging to the imposing figure that sits behind Liam, as you can see the uh, large hooded oracle-like non with its nail-like nails made of like needles and these golden threads circling around it. Its lips sort of sit stitched together. It just simply gazes uh, down upon this table from a looming position. Lastly, jumping up onto the lap of Evan is what looks to be a tiny duck. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: well, Liam dejectedly is going to look at everyone's and, and go, why Why do I get the creepy one? Okay, we, we all see this. We're, we're all
0: seeing these, I, correct? We're all seeing this.
3: I literally just have a duck. But
0: it's a... It, <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a... It, Trevor's gonna look at the duck a little bit more closely. Is the duck cute? Uh, it's pretty cute. It's, 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 it's definitely a young duck. Okay.
4: Uh, maybe a little bit on the, like, homely side, because it's got, like, that, that puffy, gray, downy fur, and it kind of, like, starts to, uh, sort of clean some of its feathers under its wing as you're looking at it. Okay. It does, by all intents and purposes, just look like a duck.
3: But it's, it's a really good, cute-looking duck. You do have a point. It actually is quite cute.
0: You could have Liam's if, like, it's 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 that or that. Yeah, I'll,
3: I'll stay with the duck.
1: We're high, right? This is a bad trip. We're high. There is a blue man, a blue a blue man with a with a weird thing for a head.
2: It's called a D twenty.
1: I don't have time for
2: this. Liam is he's gonna put his hand out and he's gonna say, "Shh, shh, don't." Don't say things like that in a public place too loud. And then he's going to look over at Evan and Trevor and say, Also, when you're looking at the duck, just be careful how long you look at his lap, because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't look right in the public area, okay? People can't see it. I'm assuming others can't see this. No sooner than you bring this up, the waitress, a
4: very... You know, very attractive Greek woman, uh, with long curly black hair, uh, approaches and says, uh, "Can I top you up?" With a pot of coffee in um, in her hand, as well as a um, uh, a tray filled with just some plates that she had gathered from the other tables.
2: Yes, yes, please. Uh, I'll take some coffee. That that would be great. Thank you.
4: She begins to, and you watch as all of the creatures behind you seem to just watch the pouring of the the coffee cup. She doesn't seem at all bothered. Uh, You even watch as some of the Norn's hair sort of falls down almost by her hand, uh, nearly brushing it, but she seems to not even hesitate as she finishes pouring. Uh, She says, uh, the rest of you, would uh, would anyone else like some?
0: Hey, quick question for you. By chance, have you seen some cosplayers? Come in here recently. I have like, have you seen someone who's like, kind of dressed up as like a blue genie or a, a mummy-looking figure with the mouth sewn shut? Uh, uh, um, some little boy pirate and a danda and a duck. They have a pet duck too. A if you think, pet if, duck. Have, oh well, yeah. uh, well no. Uh, but is, is there a, a convention in
4: town? We uh, we always like to uh, to to welcome all kinds of people to the to the diner. Heaven's gates for everyone, after all.
0: Right. Thank you. Uh, no, there, there's nothing. It's just, <laughs> you know, how some of those cosplayers who are on the street and, you know, they they say free picture. But in reality, you got to, like, give them, like, five bucks or whatnot after the picture. Yeah, no, I, just, I just wanted to make sure, you know, this this place was safe. Yeah. So I was just wondering. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um, th- thank you. I have a
3: question, actually. Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt. But if you have, if there was, let's say, a duck. Mm-hmm.
4: In your diner. Well, I mean, I'd say, I'd say, if uh, if if there was duck in our diner, then, uh, well, I mean, it's the best duck this town's gonna see for quite some time. Oh. <laughs> she uh, she she sort of smiles at you and uh, and uh, she pours you a cup of coffee. You can see that her eyes are kind of sparkling a little bit as uh, as she looks at Evan and as she <laughs> leans forward, you can tell that she's kind of leaning forward to you know kind of deeply. And you can see that on her uh, apron is the name Constance. As she says on the house, here we go. Liam's going to roll his eyes and just mutter,
2: pretty boy, to himself.
1: <laughs> Alice oh. is just going to really obviously, not aggressively, but just like uh, with force, kind of like shove the milkshake, the empty milkshake out and just say, could I please have another one? Thank you.
4: She uh, she leans back and smiles at you. She she takes it and and puts it down. And for you, sugar, anything else?
0: Um, <clears throat> no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> she must be really beautiful. I got something caught in my throat. No, um, no, n- just no. We're we're good. We're we're we're, we're th- no. We're 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 good. We're good. We're great. We're
3: we're better than ever. And then Evan kind of and he says, "Thanks for taking care of us, Constance," and gives her a wink. And then he kind of leans back.
0: She uh she she smiles
4: and and walks off. Now uh Constance is uh is in her like late thirties early forties. She's very 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 friendly. And uh, as soon as she starts making her way back, she starts yelling in Greek at the uh, at the chef.
0: Um, who starts yelling something back? Trevor's gonna take that moment with it being a little bit louder with the milkshake going on, and he's gonna motion everyone to get closer. The giant mythos lean in to get closer as well. Oh, and the duck goes. Wah. Oh my god! Liam
2: is <laughs> going to shudder.
0: Uh, okay, cool. I guess we're we're all a part of this. So let me explain to you what this thing told me. My name is PB. PB. Yeah, PB. Thank you. Sorry. So PB said that we have been chosen to harness these powers. And it is now our duty, whether we like it or not, to find monsters that have been released from the monster manual from like Dungeons and Dragons. And so it's our job to go find these monsters and put them in, I don't know which monsters have been taken out, how powerful they are. So yeah. Oh, do not worry.
4: There are plenty of powers and... Abilities that go completely unseen. Anything you use with your powers will not be recognized by the sleepers. Those who have no abilities themselves can't even perceive it. Uh, Observe. You watch as he uh, he leans backwards and takes salt and pepper from the table adjacent to you. uh, As people are eating, they do not seem to notice the salt and pepper missing. As you place it on, as he places it onto your table, you watch as they go to like salt their eggs and stuff like that, and they're like, they forgot the salt. Um. They look over. Hey, uh, uh, excuse me, sorry, are you using those- Oh,
0: uh, Trevor will- no, 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 sorry, um, they just- Sorry, we just really like salt and pepper, here you go. As you do so, PB slaps it out of your hand, and, uh, it
4: falls onto the table. He sort of, like, stands back and says, ah, as he's like, what the hell? And he's, <laughs> like, covered in salt. Sorry!
0: arthritis, and he <laughs> <laughs> turns, turns yeah. right back around no. and be like, oh. And he goes,
4: no, 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 it's it's okay, thanks. And he, he d- kind of dusts himself off and goes back to his dinner.
1: Alice, with just witnessing what has happened, s- seeing the fact that these people seemed to not have any idea is going to kind of be filled with this, like, childish wonder, and she's going to start floating and just <laughs> float up to the roof and just, like, sit upside down on the roof, like, cross-legged. So you're so you're telling me they can't see this or they can't see me right now doing this, right?
4: No one at the diner seems to have paid you any attention. You can see that uh, as soon as you do that, Peter Pan mythos sort of turns around and floats upside down and sits next to you. And you can see him sort of like starting to sway next to you like playfully as well. You watch as Constance walks back and as she does, she has the tray of milkshakes and she looks around. She's like, oh, did your, your friend go to the bathroom uh, or something? Uh, she's probably around here oh, well, somewhere. Okay. Well, I made it uh, special just for her. Uh, and you watch as she's, like, made the milkshake with, like, a really, really large scoop of ice cream, uh, some, like, extra sprinkles and stuff like that, and some chocolate syrup, um, with a assortment of, like, some fresh-cut fruits as well, just kind of placed around. And she, uh, she leaves it on the table and goes back to uh, waiting on the tables.
1: Alice is going to see this be put down And is going to immediately just like, oh, my God, she gave me extra ice cream and just, like, come back down and go ham on that milkshake.
3: Evan is taking all of this in and he's quite disappointed and he just looks down at his lap. Right. At the little duck and the duck's, like, looking up at him. And he's like, come on, do something. Do something cool. (laughs) Please.
4: You watch as as the duck sort of uh, looks over at the table and finds a fork. It opens its mouth and bites on the fork. And then swallows it. <laughs> like, wait,
3: no, hold on. Evan puts his hand down
4: the duck's throat and gets the fork out. As you pull out the fork, the fork seems to be made of sterling silver.
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs> quick, quick, give me your forks. Evan takes all the forks on the table and is shoving them down the duck's throat. <laughs> Forcing this Poor Doug to deep throat forks, <laughs> and then and it's like okay, wait, hold on, hold the on, hold on. We have to wait because it was about like five, ten seconds, right? Just wait, wait for it. <laughs>
4: and you watch as it spits out these forks, and uh, the forks uh, they don't look quite the same, but they are made of different materials. Some of them are, are copper, some of them are gold, some of them are uh, again more silver, uh, but they're all very, very beautiful and
3: artisanal in nature. I don't know, do you guys know? I think I could probably sell these and and pay for Elena's hospital bill.
0: That's great. This is great. All of this is great, guys. But did you not understand what I just said on how we were granted these powers and now we have to go find freaking monsters and put them in a
3: book? Why would I want to fight monsters? The world has never cared about me or anyone I know. I'm just going to take care of my people with my duck. right, little guy? Eh. And we'll be on our way. It was nice meeting you, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the same page as Pretty
2: Boy over there. Like, I I don't know if you've noticed, but this this the city is, it's not easy to see through. We'll we're, we're gonna be trying to find all of these what all, all these monsters in the mist somehow to 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 what put them in your book like. Wh- How are we even going to try to... Where do we even start? Ah, well, I thought you'd never ask.
4: Of course, we have ways of telling you how to start this quest, and what better way than to know exactly what quarry it is you face. Now, unfortunately, the Monster Manual itself is a tome of much evil, and there is many things that would do harm to you and those you love if you are not careful. Sadly, I have no way of tracking them. But once you enter the vicinity, behold, and you watch his, around his neck, a series of seven dice, each a different, uh, with a different number of facets on it, begin to float out and into your hand, each of you now possessing a glowing d20. Each of these are attuned to myself and the powers that I possess. It allows you to glow in the presence of one of these monsters from the manual. It'll seek out an initiative. Well, at least seek out some form of initiative. But as far as where they are beyond that, well, and he starts to gesture over at the large, scary, imposing needle finger lady.
2: Of course, that's uh, that's that's on, on me and uh, Big Mommy over there, isn't it? Unfortunately, I don't want to do this. However, I've also been informed so gracefully, and he's going to, as he says this, he's going to rub the top of his forehead uh, with the lump Probably that is still there from from only probably a couple hours ago at this I'm point. Sorry.
0: I'm sorry, Andrew. Did you just say, feel the lump on his forehead and then rub the back of your head?
2: <laughs> only your Patreons would have known that I did that, and now yeah. everyone's going to know.
4: <laughs> We're going to title this episode, Bump on the Head.
2: Uh, but he's going to rub the bump on, on his... I was trying to say top of his head, is what I meant to say. He's going to rub the, the bump on the top of his head, remembering what happened only... A few moments ago. And he's going to say, I've been uh, informed that if I don't help you on your, I guess, quest or whatever, that um, it's uh, peril for me. Uh, Probably death in uh, an excruciatingly painful way. So, uh, I guess... I'll help somehow. You watch as a
4: large hand moves past you. Again, these golden threads hanging loosely from her arms, which are stitched together to create this very, very elongated appendage. She begins to tap with a needle on the table.
1: Nope, do not that. Alice is just taking this all in and is severely creeped out. And it's going to look up at her mythos and say like hi um this is great however i didn't ask for this i don't have time for this i have a call back next week i need to i'm i'm late i have a studio booked i'm losing money right now being here i need to get practicing good luck um great to meet you and Great, Uh, and she's going to start to stand up as if to leave. As you go to stand up,
4: you suddenly see Peter fly down. Peter has a different look on his face. Something's wrong. Something's, I sense it. And you watch as what looks to be a tiny glowing light floats in through the window, through the glass, onto the table in front of you. An overwhelming sense of loss suddenly permeates through your body. You've never seen this glowing orb before. You don't know what it is. No, it's a fairy. <laughs> but what it does do is it begins to laugh with a child, childlike laugh before flying over to Peter. He puts it in a bottle on his belt and he says, something's wrong and uh, you suddenly see a series of ambulances start to hastily move to the hospital nearby. You then watch as they start to unload a bunch of children out of the back of an ambulance, each of them partially turned to stone. Some of them, it's just their arms and legs crying out in, in pain and in sadness, You feel their fear. You feel their sorrow, Alice. Uh, As you can see that a few of them that have been brought out have almost been completely transformed to stone as well. Their whole bodies now rigid and frozen.
1: Alice, her stomach has just dropped. All of the hair on her arms seems to stand up as she watches the kids being taken into the hospital. And she's going to look at Peter... What's happening
4: I don't know this this shouldn't happen something is 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 stopping them is it's 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 hurting them. this little fella here he's 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 telling me something something got him and his friends. His voice is so soft. I think whatever's got them it won't let them die and it won't let them live. It's like they're stuck in between lost lost boys
0: lost girls <laughs> not like this. Not like this, Alice. Trevor, looking out the window in mainly shock. I'm going to say he unknowingly invokes the bard class as he's gaining a sense of motivation. You
4: feel a surge of, let's call it virility, that gives you uh, a, a rush of energy uh, you, you suddenly, you feel, you feel like your, your chest is out, you're sitting up straight, that confidence in you is now just swelling, more than it ever has,
0: actually. Trevor feeling that, he's going to do a little bit of a, a, scoot out of the booth he's sitting at, and be at the end of the table, and he's gonna hold on to each side, he's gonna look at everyone sitting at the booth and all the mythos, listen. We didn't have a choice in this. We didn't ask to have these powers. But guess what? Those kids did not have a choice in this either. They didn't choose to be turned to stone. They didn't choose to be trapped in a state of being alive and being dead. But guess what? We are the only ones that we know that can change that. We could have been there to help those kids. And now after seeing that, What, you guys just want to go back to your regular lives? What, you want to just go back and be a nobody? You aren't nobodies. We were chosen for a reason. These people saw us, saw something inside of us and gave us these powers. Powers to help them. Powers to help avoid what just happened. I can't do this without you guys. I have no other choice. My goal is to... Inspire them. All right, and then vicious mockery. No, I'm kidding
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, just straight up inspire
2: Liam is gonna He was gonna take a, he's going to take a, a deep breath and just say uh, Well, uh, call me inspired. Let's go and he's gonna stand up and he's gonna He's Gonna follow as you attempt
4: to do so you feel a large hand grab you by the shoulder and sit you back down It is from your mythos she is holding on to you as you realize that as she's been tapping you look at the surface of the table and she has actually tap drawn through tiny dots a map of the city and she seems to have highlighted a position which you guys know as Ambrose's Wax Museum which is currently about 2 hours walk south of where you are in Timcaster.
2: It, it looks like uh it looks like that's our destination. I'm going to look over at at my mythos just to make just to get confirmation.
4: She gives you absolutely nothing. She she <laughs> she's just she is just uh because the hood that currently covers her eyes has that kind of like glaring like eye pattern on it. And her mouth is sealed shut. Her attention seems to be only almost entirely on your reaction, as opposed to giving you one.
2: I'll take that as a yes. She unleashes.
4: She releases your shoulder from her her grip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alice has been wa- has just been watching the kids this whole time with this just almost hollow feeling in, in her chest and is going to look back at Peter and say they're they're lost
4: Peter again with with that large grin no longer on his face seems to just um seems to nod very slowly at the question
1: Alice just takes a a deep breath and okay uh, I've I know what that's like I'll I'll help I'll help we can, we can, we can, we can help them. And she kind of does like one of those really like half-assed kind of like fist bumps. Like, yeah, go team. Um, Sorry, I don't remember anyone's names. I don't know if we've actually been introduced. Um, Hi, I'm, I'm Trevor. That seems about fitting. You might have heard of me. I'm, uh I am, <clears throat> and
2: he's going to get into his character voice and he's going to say, Liam Beck, the Magnificent. <laughs> At your service.
1: Yes, I, I have sadly heard about you. Uh,
0: of course, you have.
1: <laughs> oh, it's not good, thanks, honey. Don't get too excited.
0: Yeah, the stuff they say they say about you on Reddit is. Mm-mm.
3: Oh, you're that what the commercial, the guy in the commercial. Yeah. Oh, who? Okay.
0: Yeah. All of a sudden, the TV
4: <laughs> turns on, and we get to see the commercial in question.
2: <laughs> is your life? Difficult. Do you feel lost and alone? Are you looking for Inspiration well look no further then Liam Beck the Magnificent. Hello. Yes I am Liam Beck and I am here to talk to those beyond the grave Do you have a loved one who's passed? I can help you contact them. Do you not know where to go? I can help you- Constance,
4: turn the fucking channel! And he watches the- (laughs) As the- as Constance says, I can't stand that guy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Liam was watching it with pride. Like, a gleam of pride in his eye. And when- when he hears him say that, the- the the pride is gonna be gone a little bit. It's, It's just kind of a break like, kind of a shatter in his ego just a little bit, and he's going to say, well, everyone's a critic. I think it was great.
4: And you watch as he says, who says that? And this guy with, like, a giant beard
2: kind of, like, looks around. I think it was that guy over there. I'm going to point to somebody on the other side of it. He he definitely
4: pays attention to them. Now, um, Evan, while uh, while that's going on as well, you uh, actually can't take your eyes off the table. Now, um, the location of the Wax Museum is actually not too far away from your foster home. If whatever is doing this happens to be targeting children, then that means that your home may not be safe and you have a difficult choice to face. To be here waiting to find word about Elena or to go see if the kids at home are okay.
3: Evan is thinking so hard, his mind is almost blank. He's processing so much, but nothing seems to be computing or coming out.
4: Seeing you struggle, the duck sort of nestles into your lap a little bit more.
3: Evan looks down at the the duck, and he says, We gotta help him, huh? Let's go. Now, Evan just stands up. Decision already made. We're going to wherever that thing is. PB... cheers (laughs) ha ha that's the ticket i knew you had it in you trevor and he
4: like sort of hits you in the back as he does so you you don't feel the impact but you feel the bard uh the bard strips from you as pb kind of like almost smacks it out of you
0: (laughs) oh 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 (laughs) but i I did it i did it yeah
4: you did it yes Yes! you Ah. he he grabs your hands and like jumps a little bit
0: yeah (laughs) I inspired people. That's how you inspire people, right?
3: Evan slaps him on the back, and he feels it. He feels that one.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You then you then watch as everyone in the diner has stopped eating and is just watching Trevor just jumping around with his hands out, (laughs) screaming at the top
0: of his lungs. Let's go! Come on, let's go, guys! Oh, oh, yes!
4: You (laughs) you rush out (laughs) as you as you do so, uh, making your way out into the streets of Silver rock following the the directions that the fates had given you the journey is uh not long i mean does anyone have a
2: car we did have a car we have the sub the subway
1: <laughs> no alice takes the oh, subway, subway.
3: <laughs> i wait can i steal another car you can okay. steal another you can, <laughs> what do you mean another car sorry <laughs> i've done this a lot
4: um, oh yeah you could you could steal a car so let's start with Evan making an investigate check to see if he can find a car ripe for the pickings.
3: <laughs> yes! yes!
4: <laughs> okay. So 2d6 is uh, the role of the game. Um, we need to get a 7 or higher in order for a success. You may add any of the relevant skills that your character has in
2: order to boost your stat by 1 for every tag that would be appropriate. Quick question. Would we remember that he was driving the car that he crashed before? I'd say that
4: um, only Trevor would know that. Only because the car car crash happened pretty quickly.
3: So I rolled and got a seven. Ooh, nice, nice. Anything you want to add to it? Um, I... I don't think I have anything that would actually. Sure. Well, it
4: is not too difficult to find a car that is um, that is old enough that it'd be pretty easy to to break into. You kind of look around and you, um, you feel the handle. The handle is uh, surreptitiously unlocked.
3: All right. Evan just kind of like looks both ways, looks around. He's like, hey, guys, <whistles> over here, uh, opens the door, sits in comfortably. And while everyone's kind of like fumbling with their door handles. He and then like checks underneath the car, finds the panel, breaks it, pulls out the wires, and uh, starts the engine.
4: All right, we're gonna make a change the game roll for your hot wiring skills. Now, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this without the others noticing?
3: Uh, yes.
4: All right, let's start with a sneak around check. Then, so we're gonna do with a sneak check first. Then we're gonna change the game. Seven again. In order to do this. You can either choose to have someone suspicious of you or somebody else, not one of the PCs, notice you stealing a car.
3: Um I'll have someone be suspicious.
4: All right, very well. Um who would you like to be the suspicious party member?
3: Uh ooh, Liam. <laughs> Liam is <laughs> suspicious.
2: I was going to say that checks out because I also have a great bullshit radar.
4: Alright, so now let's change the game and see if we can get you to hotwire the car. Now, for the fun bits of it, you don't actually need to break into the floor or anything like that. There's actually a place behind the steering wheel where the actual tumbler of the key happens to be that you can actually use to rewire and hotwire particular cars. I'm not, by the way, teaching people how to break into cars, but if you do, you know, be safe. It's electricity.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Make sure to say that you were taught this by one-shot questers.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah. <laughs> one shot questers helping out people get cars, you know, one way or another. Nine. Yeah. Nine. Oh. There you. Go. Can you add anything? Can you add anything to it? Uh,
3: calm emotions. I think that's the only one that would really fit in this situation. But... You know
4: what? I'll allow it because this is going to be funny. <laughs> As you are about to go and hotwire the car, you sort of take a moment and you wait a minute. You like lower the visor and the keys fall out. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, Evan, you have two cars? I do, yeah, I keep one down here at the diner, um, because <laughs> I come here pretty often. So it just sits here at the diner because there's also not enough parking spaces at the foster home, you know, plus, um, hardly one knows how to drive there anyway. So it's just like here. Plus, I actually go to the hospital pretty frequently, you know, so it's just kind of here, like, all the time, so just don't worry about it, don't worry about it.
0: So how do you get the car back after you drive it to your foster home?
3: Well, usually someone would drive with me, but that person isn't here right now, are they?
2: <laughs> Stop
3: asking me questions. <laughs> Thank you. And he wow. just turns the car on.
2: <laughs> Liam is going to be, he's, as he gets into the back seat, he's going to look in the window, in the rear view mirror, and just kind of He's going to give Evan the most skeptical look he can muster and and say, uh, yeah, this is a very uh, nice car. How old did you say you were again? The car
4: starts and starts to (laughs) (laughs) down the street as you, uh, you begin to make your way towards the wax museum.
0: Barion here, and I'm excited to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, One Shot Questers Patreon. Our content is made possible thanks to the incredible patrons who support us there. By becoming a Patreon, you'll gain access to awesome perks such as early content releases and exclusive behind-the-scenes footage that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, if you're hearing this ad, it means that most, if not all of our episodes are available to listen on our Patreon page. So why wait? Take the plunge and pledge to our $3 tier or higher, granting you immediate access to all of our fantastic episodes simply visit patreon.com slash one shot questers and you can also find a link in our description for easy access pledging is one of the best ways to show your support so if you believe we deserve it go ahead and pledge today we sincerely appreciate your support now without further ado let's get back to the show
4: As you begin to to drive, the mythoses seem to disappear, transforming into mist around you. Looking around for the very first time, having a look at the city, you look at it through new eyes. You notice a few things that, well, you didn't notice before. Out in the distance, you swear you can see the silhouette of a large blue bovine of some kind towering over a few buildings as it moves through the city streets. You look and can see what looks to be spider webs intertwined in places where there are um, clotheslines hanging in the street.
2: Nope, don't like that.
4: You also hear the hissing sounds of the sewers and things moving beneath it. Something has awoken. The city stirs and moves as you drive through this district Down towards Bastille County. It is within 15-20 minutes that you arrive. Where are you guys going? Will you guys be going to the museum directly? Or are you going to walk from the foster home?
1: I guess it depends where uh, Evan is driving us.
3: Yeah, Evan, where are you taking us, buddy? Well, it looks like we're going to the friggin' museum. So, because I know where I'm going. I know the city like the back of my hand, guys. Look, and I have two backs of my hands, so I know it twice as well as a normal person.
2: Put your hands back on the wheel. Put your hands
3: back <laughs> on the wheel. <laughs> <Kill>. <laughs> all right.
4: uh, as you say this, you also look at the back of your hands. You do not recognize them at all, um, as they are the hands of a 30-year-old man.
1: <laughs> Alice is just kind of taking in the, the city around kind of seeing all these the weirdness that is suddenly very clearly there. So, uh, okay, are, are we going to the the orphanage first or, or, the, or the wax museum?
3: Let's stop by the foster home first.
4: As you uh, veer off, you eventually make your way to Bastille, where indeed you find yourself pulling out in front of a uh, two-story, very, very narrow uh, apartment building uh, that serves as the foster home that Evan had grown up in. You can still see the signs of the crash being cleaned up, um, little, little bits of um, glass and, um, and metal kind of uh, around on the floor and a fire hydrant that is now wrapped in security tape and cordoned off as a uh, uh, under repairs kind of thing. You see a number of the kids see the car pull up and, and you know, some of them start to like kind of, uh, you know, like start inspecting, you know, like. Who the hell's this? You know, what the heck? You know, ooh, a new car.
3: All right, so we arrive, and Evan parks the car, and he's looking at the kids, and uh, he goes to the door to open the door to the car, and as he looks, he sees his hand and remembers that he's not, looks like Evan originally does, and so he, he stands up and gets out, and he just looks at him, and he goes, Hey, everyone, uh, Elaine's in the hospital, but she's doing well. Um, at least that we know of. Are you guys doing okay? Uh,
4: one of the kids, a, a boy named, uh, Alan, says, uh, Yeah, no, we're, we're fine. Uh, when, when's she coming back? You see about a half dozen of the kids have sort of gathered up to try and li- listen to you. As the others get out of the car as well, on different sides, they, they've kind of driven their attention towards Evan.
3: Is she gonna walk again? Is she awake? Seems like everything is under control. There's professionals taking care of her right now, but what we need you guys to do is to stay safe and just be on the lookout, okay?
4: You see that the the kids are afraid, and they seem to be kind of nervous as they they look at each other. They then uh, begin to separate as Parker looks up from the stairs. We don't need your help, buddy. I can't remember what his voice was. Hey, hey, listen, man, we don't need your help, okay? Like, uh, you know, we, we, we do plenty fine on our own, okay? We don't need some, some adult in a suit telling us what to do. Though uh, you dress more like your mom decides what your clothes are.
3: Evan <laughs> just kind of puts his hand in his pockets and he looks down. He's like, yeah, it does kind of look like that, huh? Well, Parker, we'll see you around. And Evan gets back in the car.
4: You see that Parker kind of gets like, kind of raises an eyebrow at the fact you knew his name.
1: I thought we were just gonna walk. walk. Oh, okay, sure. Could
4: could I get the? Uh, could I get an investigation check from the three who didn't go back in the car? Oh, oh no! I'm using digital dice, by the way. Same. You are not allowed. No, go go ahead. I don't care. But P- please, sweet.
1: <laughs> I got a nine. I got a
2: six. Ooh, I a nine a six. So also a six, but I'm going to uh, use cold reading. Uh, yeah, no, that'll help. Yep. Looking over at the kids, they are definitely
4: concerned. Not just about uh, Elena, but something else. There's like kind of a, a tension that you could almost cut with a knife between them. Uh, you could see that they're almost like a few of them are out like searching the grounds or trying to find something. Uh, a few of them are talking with some of the others and kind of still looking around beyond the foster home, like out into the streets and the
2: like. VM is going to pick up on that, and he's going to get into his character. He's, um, everyone else around him will kind of see him. He, he, he usually walks in kind of a slumped way, but he's going to his back is going to straighten, his shoulders are going to come out, and he's going to stride confidently, go down to one knee to one of the kids and say... Is everything okay? It seems like you're all looking for something.
4: Parker will just begin starting to, like, berate uh, Liam during this. Like, Like, you know, just this back and forth, like, this is none of your business, this doesn't concern you, there's just a lot of yelling.
1: Watching it all unfold and having this almost, like, flashback to being adopted...
3: All right, y'all need
1: to pipe down. We're just here to help, all right? Just take a breather, Jesus Christ. And specifically, he's going to look at Parker and be like, bro, you need to chill. Nobody's trying to hurt you here. We're just trying to help. You wanna take a breath and calm down? Wait, 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 oh, oh, I, I, wait, I can think, I, I think I can help. Trevor's
0: gonna speak up after hearing, like, calm down, and he's going to cast fireball. No kidding. <laughs> that calms everyone down immediately.
1: Because <laughs> they're all dead.
0: All right, I am going to the cleric. You gotta say the magic words. Oh, please. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, 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 he taught you how to do this one. Uh, you gotta have your hands together, and then say, say the magic words, help is on the way,
0: dear. Oh, right, I gotta, I gotta write this <laughs> down, Dig it, oh shoot, <laughs> I'm going to put my hands together, put my head down, and say to myself, help is on the way, dear, and invoke the cleric class, and then cast calm emotions
4: on Parker. Alright, Parker's emotions immediately calm down, as he does calm down, oh, uh, I need a D20 from Duke as well. Uh, just to see how potent your spell is. Potent. <laughs> I hope he passes out, little turd. Uh, sixteen. So as Parker calms down after confronting Liam, Evan steps out of the car as uh, Alice is uh, commanding the space with a, a very, very mystical wave of uh, these these kind of like magical energies that that hit Parker. He uh, says. Yeah, no, I I'm sorry. I, I just it's it's been really hard, you know, like especially with Elena missing and and my friend, you know, uh Evan, he's he's not here either. Uh, you know, we're just really worried. There's there's a couple of kids that have gone missing and, you know, we heard about some uh some stuff that's been going on and, you know, no one really cares about foster kids, you know? I mean, who's going to call the police and tell them that some foster kids went missing? Everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, they just ran away, you know, but dude, some of the kids that went missing, like you know, like Evan, these these guys they don't run, man they're they don't they don't run, they're not runners, okay anyway, there's um I don't know man, there's this stupid thing that uh that the kids do, you know they uh they break into that old creepy wax museum at night. They do this thing where it's like a bravery challenge. They like go to the back room and then they gotta try and go to the office because there's like this doll in the the back room, right? And its its head is like like a rotten apple or something that's been like dried out and made into like like this thing. It's creepy as hell. And you know I've done it. You know like you know you you just go in and then what you gotta do is you just gotta you gotta touch it. That that's all you gotta do. But you know some of the kids, they, they went, you know, and uh, they didn't come back this morning. I, I was, I was gonna do something about it, but like, I was like super tired, and I was gonna tell my friend Evan about it, but he's nowhere to be seen, you know.
2: Liam, knowing that um, Porter doesn't like him very much, Liam is gonna. I'm Parker, kind of you bastard. Parker. That's <laughs> what like fucking
1: to you. Who's Porter? Who the fuck my- is Porter? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Porter couldn't hear that Neither could Parker Anyway <laughs> So he's gonna He's gonna lean over Um to Alice And kind of whisper a- a- Ask him how old Evan is I have a hunch Just ask Ask him how old Evan is
1: Alice w- will like Kind of be like can-, can you not get so close to me please Thank you Um I know uh, Alice is going to uh, talk to Parker I, and I guess any other kids that are nearby. I know you feel like people don't care and I guess in a sense some don't, but we care and we're going to try and help if you stop being a little dick about it. Okay, so you're telling me these kids have been going to the wax museum and they're not coming back. Um, your friend Evan, how old is Evan? What does he look like?
4: Uh, Evan. Oh man, like he's uh, he's got like olive skin and like wavy hair, and he's like he's like sixteen, man.
1: <laughs> is, is he is is he sixteen? Evan Evan seventeen. Evan seventeen.
4: Oh yeah, dude. He's he's seventeen. Sorry, I always forget.
2: During this whole interaction, Liam is gonna be looking at the Evan that he's just recently met, and trying to watch his facial expressions the whole time.
0: Trevor is doing the exact same thing.
1: (laughs) Alice is just gonna... Okay. All right. Well, can you guys, like... There is clearly something going on. Can you guys just, like, go back inside and, like, lock the doors and just, like, stay safe? Like, it is not safer for you guys to be out on the street than inside. And we'll go check this out and see what's happening. Can we... Can we do that? Is that all right with you?
4: You're mean, lady. Uh, (laughs) but... But you, like, make sense. I mean... We can't have more of the kids go missing, and, and if Lane is not here, then someone needs to step up. All right. Hey, guys, listen. Uh, You know, someone pull Billy out of the well, and we're going to go, Uh, we're going to play, like, games in the house for the night. Okay? Okay.
1: Okay. 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 Hey, I'm not mean. You're just, you're being a little D-bag. Just, like, don't be so defensive all the time. Some people are actually trying to help you. They'll,
4: uh, Parker will head inside. Uh, as he does, he kind of like looks around again. Uh, he seems to have a big sigh as he as he goes in and locks the door. Trevor's gonna speak
0: up. Awesome. We're all adults that just argued with a bunch of
2: children. How about we head over to the Waxy museum now? In our defense, those kids were little shits.
1: Look, they've had it rough. Don't. Life sucks when you're in the system. All right. And Evan. Why are you a 17-year-old that looks like a 30-year-old?
3: Looks like your family misses you. Evan just lets out this big sigh, and he says, Guys, ever since I woke up this morning, everything's gone to shit. Woke up, and I was just in this body. I don't know why I look this way other than why everything else has happened today, and then Elena got hurt, I met you guys, and now we're here, and none of my friends recognize me, even freaking Parker. It looks at me like I'm some weirdo. It's
0: nothing wrong with being a weirdo.
1: You can talk for yourself.
0: You know, maybe you are kind of a little bit of a dick.
1: <laughs> How did you get adopted? <laughs> not going into my character's backstory right
2: now yeah if evan actually says that liam is going to look at his wrist which does not have a watch and go well look at the time we uh we got to get to the wax museum i think you make your way
4: back into the uh into the car and drive towards the museum it is not far at all barely a couple of minutes before you arrive at what looks to be a towering two-story victorian manor with wrought-iron gates surrounding its entire uh, borders. As you approach the stone path, uh, you do notice that there are several waxen statues that seem to be uh, around in the garden. As you arrive, the door itself seems to be barred and closed, with a opening hours having ended about an hour ago.
2: As, as we approach, Liam is going to, maybe not whisper, but just kind of talk to Trevor specifically and say, I, you're the one who who's played what, um what, dipsticks and dragons or whatever it's called. Um, do you do you know of what what uh, monsters can uh, turn people into? You know what those kids were.
0: Why don't I just show you when we get there? Trevor says that. To not scare
2: Liam away. <laughs> Which doesn't work very well because he wants to know. So <laughs> he is gonna be slowly starting to walk behind everyone else. He's still gonna be walking, but uh he's still he's still scared. I know
0: there's one. It it's like the size of a duck. You just gotta make sure you don't get scratched by it as all.
2: Like that that's really about it. That's the only monster that can turn people into to... So anyway, how are we gonna get inside the wax museum?
0: Looking around, you can see in addition to the door, there is a large bell with what looks to be a rope that says
4: ring for service. Ah! Ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and pull, pull, pull down on the rope and it plays the Avengers theme song. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> There's
4: like several of them. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Like a cathedral. Yeah. The, this guy was just really boom, 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 into boom, boom, endgame.
3: Boom, boom. I don't even really like the Avengers.
4: As you ring the bell, a toll echoes throughout the chambers within. You hear the sounds of footsteps coming down a long flight of stairs before several keys which seem to open the doors. Standing before you is a tall man whose... Body seems to be emaciated. A long kind of legs, very, very tall stature, wispy blonde hair, and kind of almost like a beaked nose. Not an actual beak, but like, you know, you know the kind of like very, very large profiled nose. Uh, his chin jutting out in front of him as he looks down at the four of you, and he says,
3: Yes, how can I uh, help you?
4: Is, is this uh, about... The uh, subscription to the newsletter for the county. I've already said I'm not going to explain why I don't need to know about the going-ons, especially given the latest circumstances with Clarissa from 47th. I will refuse once again to cut my lawn. She can go to hell. This is my place of business, and I will not be bullied by some trumped-up, smelly, and useless old bitch."
0: Trevor, being introduced to this man, and that's the first thing he says, just kind of stands there, like, uh, shrugging his shoulders, moving his hands up and down, like he's trying to say something, but nothing's coming out, like, this is not what I
2: was expecting. Liam is going to put his hand on Trevor's shoulder, pull him side, and back to his character, say, if you actually just cut your grass, like we asked you to over and over, we wouldn't have to be here. I don't want to be here as much as the rest of us. I, but look, either you cut your grass or at the very least give us a tour of your facilities just to make sure that the rest of your building still works according to regulations. Make a convinced check and see if this works. So that's a 10. Should I? I'm gonna add con artist. Yep. Eloquent. Yep. Cold reading. hmm. Works best on sleeper. And insight. All
4: right, I'll allow it. So 15. All right, with a critical success, he turns and he says, Very well. If that is what it'll take to get you to leave me the fuck alone. Then, yes, right this way, and do not track mud into my home. You watch as he turns and moves with the kind of grace of a large bird as he uh, allows you entrance into the wax
0: museum. Quick question, Dag. Yeah. So, we were given these D20s by PB. Yeah. And these D20s were supposed to glow whenever we were close to a monster, correct? Correct. Okay, uh, Trevor is going to pull out one of the D20s and just act like he's fiddling with something, which would be the D20, but constantly keeping his eyes on it.
4: Very well. Currently, it is not glowing, but you are having it in your hand, um, kind of inspecting it as you go. As you enter the Wax Museum, you can see that the first thing that en- that greets you is a large entrance with two massive stairs rising up to a top floor. There is two passageways, one to the left and one to the right. To the left, it says historical works. To the right, pops, uh, pop culture and celebrities. Up the flights of stairs, famous presidents. And uh, to the top right, co- characters of fictitious nature. Uh, there is a further area around the back, which is a small cafe where you can sit and overlook the gardens behind the wax museum, which is filled with like sort of a, a small makeshift like maze, uh, hedge maze kind of thing with uh, beautiful flowers and the like. Despite the front lawn, the back garden actually looks incredibly well maintained. He says, you are welcome to examine and to your heart's content, but I urge you. And he leans forward directly at Liam. Do not touch the exhibits. If you need me, I will be in the garden. And he leans and lumbers away.
2: Isn't he just a ball of sunshine? So, uh, where are we going to find him? As you're looking at Trevor, Trevor is going to look at Evan and Alice.
0: Hopefully that they're going to say something, but he will say, uh... I don't know. I think this is the part where we kind of Scooby Doo and we look for clues.
1: Were y'all not listening? They said that the kids had to go into the back office. So I would assume whatever is getting at these kids is probably in there. I want to touch all the exhibits on the way there, though. <laughs> He told me not to, and so immediately I'm going to touch them all.
4: Can I get everyone to make me an investigate check? Presuming that you are investigating to try and not only find the culprit, but also try and find the location of the office.
1: I literally have nothing that helps with investigation. I got seven. Uh,
0: I got nine, but I want to add
3: determination to it. Um, I got a four, but I want to add um, sense threat. Nope. Uh, sticks nose in. Yes. Uh, how about calm emotions? No.
2: I also rolled a four. Um, I'm looking, most things that I have to add to it are people-based.
4: Yeah, that's okay. Um, so, as you begin to examine and look around, you find yourselves, uh, heading up the flight of stairs towards the characters and creatures from mythology and fiction, finding yourself in a large and beautiful circular room that uh, branches off into four different corridors. These, uh, In the center of this room is what looks to be one of the most magical dragons you have ever seen, stretching its large wings out as it uh, reaches its jaws opened wide to greet you as you enter into this large room. Around its circular facets, you can see a number of portraits from uh, ancient lore involving dragons, Sigurd and the Dragon, uh, St. George, uh, the, even one of the Dungeons and Dragons dragons is, is uh, on the wall here, and uh, a bunch of plaques who, are, who mention and talk about the different uh, types of creatures. All of a sudden, you hear from the back of your mind, Trevor, ah We found the creature! Kill it! Stab its heart! As a sword appears in your hand, Shwing! Oh.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. Kill it. Straight I, through its heart. Uh, uh, Trevor seeing a sword in his hand, he's gonna look at back at PB to see where he's pointing first. Uh, he, he's not. He hasn't manifested. Okay. Uh, PB, where? Who? What? What am I attacking? Yeah, the, dra- the dragon. Kill it. Um, from hell's Hearth stab at thee. First. Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna pull up my dice and hold it forward to see if it's an actual. Oh God. Dragon. Me. See if it glows. No. Yeah. no. Nah, no. Nah, not even a little. Uh. PB, great, this is awesome, I'm, this is cool that you, I can just pull out equipment, I guess, from the sword, uh, from the player's handbook, thank you, thank you for the sword, it's a lovely sword, but, remember, you gave us these dice, that they will glow when we're around a creature, this is not glowing. Oh yes I did, well I mean, well can you blame me, I mean, like if I've given you
4: the dice, how am I supposed to tell? I, I, I mean, you, I mean, you, you don't have eyes, do you? And listen, listen, just for, for the record, if this was a dragon, you'd be dead by now.
0: Right, Push, but it's... has gone. But listen, straight away. PB, Next it's... Next
4: time, you can't hesitate. Even, look, I mean, what's,
0: what is this wax sculpture going to do? Listen, Say, I'm, I'm not I'm not hesitating. I'm just stating
3: a point, all right? And Evan chimes in. He's like, I think you're hesitated like, quite a bit.
0: No, <laughs> oh, okay, listen, all right? Uh,
3: okay. Uh, I'm not seeing a slain dragon.
0: No, you're <laughs> not seeing... all seen, I'm saying. Okay, you want to see a slain dragon? Yes. Okay, he's just gonna go up, and he's gonna go up to the wax figure, and he's gonna look, like, I wanna say, like, he's already out, but the the mythos is still, like, in his mind, so people's gonna be like, okay, look, see, I'm getting close to it, nothing's happening, right? The dragon looks down at you. Oh!
4: As it does so, it opens its mouth and roars, and as it does so, that is where we're gonna end today's episode. (laughs)
2: No! Excuse me? I knew that was
0: gonna happen! Monsters in the Mist has Michael as our MC, Tori as Alice Carroll, Andrew as Liam Beck, Matt as Evan Drake, and myself as Trevor Anderson. We wanna give a heartfelt thank you to all of our patrons, especially Christian, Corrine, and Daedrin. If you wish to further support Monsters in the Mist and unlock exclusive content, consider joining our Patreon community. Information will be in the show notes of the episode. Until we meet again, questers, fare thee well, and we will see you in the next episode.